This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Greetings to those who watch below. It's day two of Vampire Week, and time for a Vampire Creepypasta. But before we start, thank you to Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, M.A. Way, Julie B., Jess Black Curtain, Christina Groves, LT Punisher 666, and Chris BLK Chris for being those who dwell below. An exclusive channel membership that gets you shoutouts at the start of every video. Also, before we start, if you haven't subscribed already, make sure to hit that subscribe button, followed very closely afterwards by the notification bell, so that you never miss a video. Also, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and the creepypasta.com official YouTube channel. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Mantract Ungot Lack by Dakota Lee Dahl. Nothing was working. Garlic, one of the Hokia vampire myths, was completely useless. He was prepared for that. It had bounced ineffectually off the tumbling wave of raking claws and gnashing teeth, crushed fragrantly under their mass. No big deal, he thought to himself, as he ran down the musty hallway, putting some distance between him and the mob of killing dead. Each thud of his foot sent a donut cloud of dust up from the centuries-old carpet, thickening the already hazy air. He zigged into a room that he knew would wind its way through the labyrinthine upper floors. Even in his frantic state, he managed to marvel at the decrepit stateliness of the run-down manor. This had been a bedroom for a daughter of a long-dead bloodline, indicated by the late 1800s dolls watching him with sightless eyes from inside the ornate canopy bed. Even in his hectic survivalist state, he remembered reading about the sad tale of the daughter while researching the house. She starved to death after falling down a waterless well in the backyard. Sad, but unrelated to the calamity he was now facing. The clinking of various items in his swollen doctor's bag was inaudible over the tortured, hungry wails of his would-be devourers. Through fingers numbed with adrenaline, he fumbled in the bag, looking desperately for another life-saving trick. Finally finding what he wanted, he yanked out a bottle and threw great leaping arcs of holy water backwards onto the cruel, hollow faces in the ravenous pile. The water mixed with the group's murky slaver as it drenched their grotesque features. If there was a telltale sizzling sound, he couldn't hear it over his own harsh breathing and the tortured cries from the throng, some of them even going so far as to croak out words like kill and eat. Even if he had heard sizzling, actions spoke louder than words, and the mash of living corpses tripping over each other to feed on him wasn't slowing down in any meaningful way, which was the effect he actually needed. To be expected, he told himself, comforted by the heft of his bag. 
which was chock full of an arsenal to be used against these creatures. He continued to run while rummaging, rummaging while running. He needed to make sure that he didn't run into any dead ends in this great Victorian mansion. He felt confident that he had studied the layout of the house enough to know which bedrooms had two exits, which hallways he could turn down in a circuit, and how to flee back to the great staircase in the lobby. He always needed a route back to that colossal staircase, so he could escape back out into the outside world. Passing a suit of armour from a long forgotten dynasty, he wasted precious seconds to topple it onto the floor behind him. It barely presented a hurdle to the frenzy pursuing him. He pressed on. He zagged into the old trophy room, which was adorned with such a consistent and deep crimson, it immediately overwhelmed him with the sense of being swallowed by some immense being. A sensation that was exponentially amplified by the innumerable carcasses throughout the room. Zebras, lions, crocodiles, gazelle, all with their heads mounted on the walls. Curiously, instead of having the placid, serene look of most animal trophies, the taxidermist had instead decided to capture their last moment of fear and panic, forever freezing them in this intense expression. As he spun around the preserved body of an impossibly large bear, with its paws thrown up to protect its face from a death blow, he noticed that many of the creatures he had never seen before. He assumed they were long extinct, but common for the era, like perhaps the carrier pigeon, Tasmanian tiger, or the dodo. Even while evading capture, he had time to ponder if some of the more fantastical beasts might be the result of the Victorian habit of creating fraudulent or joke taxidermy. His mind used this to explain away the mammals with hundreds of legs, or the large birds with decidedly human faces. His frantically searching hand finally seized on its targeted prize. For the first time he completely stopped in his tracks, as he spun around holding up a large, intricate crucifix, a skeletal hand clawed out from the tangle and snatched it in an impossibly strong grip, splintering the cross into pieces immediately. He turned to run again, feeling the cold fingers brush against his cloak. Always a possibility, he had told himself, sprinting now to better secure a lead between him and the bloodthirsty fiends. Finally, he felt comfortable about how much gloomy hallway lay between him and certain death, so he began fishing in his bag again. He suddenly became acutely aware of how entirely drained of stamina he had become, realising that he needed to be less particular about which specialised weapon to use. His steps started to lag as he showered silver powder onto the villains. Their shining yellow eyes didn't even blink as they passed through the dust cloud, his breathing became more laboured and he threw handfuls of salt at them. This only seemed to make their gaping maws leap Stygian drool more freely. He exhaustedly blundered his way into the master bedroom, which seemed somehow more well lit than the other rooms, as though it had trapped light in there through some unknown method. Even after years of disuse, under layers of spiderwebs and dust, the radiant emerald colours of the room held a regality. Gold inlay wove through every bit of furniture. Ivory or jewels encased the candle holders and clocks. The curtains were thick and rich, the rug dizzyingly ornate. The baroque chairs, wardrobes and bed, all made of a matching dark wood, 
most likely the now endangered Grenadil, held together the air of casual opulence that permeated the room. Even in his strange state and desperate flight, he noticed the massive family portrait of the one-time occupants. Forever immortalised in paint, the family's mutual disdain was worn plainly on their features. His tired mind pulled up more information he had dredged up in his research, of the bloodline's ultimate demise. How, after the youngest daughter's death in the well, more of the children fell to misadventures, some being consumed by unknown viruses while on safari, others simply never returning from Arctic expeditions. More of them simply hung themselves from the mammoth chandelier in the lobby. The matriarch eventually buried her husband alive in the basement inside of a burlap sack, before absconding with the family fortune, never to be seen again. This was all information that was of little use to him at the moment. He finally looped back to the great staircase, aware that his grand hunt might not end fruitfully this night. He grabbed handfuls of apparent vampire weaknesses, supposed Christ nails and blessed rose petals, white horsehair and children's teeth, throwing them behind him like the flower girl at Satan's wedding. He fell rather than ran down the stairs, his legs on the verge of seizing up. His almost empty bag spun across the marble floor, cutting a trail through the dead leaves strewn about, causing the final occupant of the bag to spill out. The revolver. He had been saving this for last since it was a brute force solution. Of course, it shot silver bullets, but those are deadly to regular people too, not just vampires. He had wanted to slay this accursed den of undead with more finesse, but he supposed that the time for practicality had come. Not bothering to attempt standing on his exhausted legs, he rolled towards the revolver, grasping it with shaky hands. He turned to level it at the horde tumbling down the stairwell towards him. He shot. Then he shot five more times. Then the gun clicked and clicked and clicked. He did gain some small satisfaction right before the host descended on him, that they did react to getting shot. Their ivory flesh had peeled away where the bullets met them. The boneless wounds bloomed at the sight of impact. He had seen the glowing jade bones underneath. They reached him and predictably began to drink his blood. They also bit into his flesh greedily, scooping his innards with malice, breaking his bones to extract marrow. One of the things leaned into his screaming face and whispered to him, confessing the mysterious nature of his victorious foes. As he was disarticulated, he laughed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. 
Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hi there, guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. I also hope that you're enjoying Vampire Week. There'll be another video coming tomorrow. So, until next time, sleep tight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.